What's up everybody, it's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack and today we're going to be talking all about um, presenting to large, small, and medium groups and like how to read your audience and stuff like that and because that's part of being a leader is learning how to present in front of people and learning how to talk to them, learn how to read the group and read the crowd and to, and to really keep people engaged and so that's what we're going to be chatting out today. Cue up theme song, we'll be right back. The big question is this. How are leaders, like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Awesome. So glad you guys are still here. So today, um, let me tell you a little bit about where this topic came from. So uh, last week I was down at, a, I got invited to this awesome, amazing event. And um, as I was sitting in here, it was an event for a board of directors. And I was in, as I was in this board of directors meeting, um, they had the presenter, the first presenter of the day came up and he had about the, the first morning of the meeting kind of taken care of and as to what he was covering. And he came in and he had a canned presentation. And what I mean by that is, is he had his PowerPoint rehearsed. You can tell that he's given this presentation about a hundred times and he knew what he was going to say. He didn't know anything about the crowd, didn't know anything about who he was talking to, didn't know anything about anything, right? Except for his topic. He had his topic. He was an expert on his topic and that was it. And while it's great to be an expert on your topic, he didn't read the room. And so as I sat there listening, I was like, man, there is a huge need for leaders, even when you're not, you know, like the leader of the group, whenever you're not necessarily got the title of the leader um if you're leading the meeting or if you're if you're supposed to be the one presenting there's a huge need for this out there and and so today i wanted to take a few seconds just kind of go through some of the stuff that i've learned because that's one of the things that i've really be able become to master over my lifetime so far is the ability to be an awesome presenter and what i mean by that is is like i'm not i'm not trying to be boastful i'm not trying to toot my own horn but when when I got done with my, two, I, I all in all, I spoke for a full day at the at the event between the uh, times that I was on, on in front of the board and doing my presentations, and we had more engagement within the first five minutes and throughout my presentation than we did throughout the entire first half of the first day while the other guy was presenting. And it's again not being boastful, not bragging back, but I asked I asked everybody after we got done. I said, "What did you get the most out of?" during this meeting like did you get what you wanted to out of these couple days that we were here and and what did you get the most out of and their conversation was and their comments were well we didn't get much out of the beginning of the first morning um we got a lot out of that afternoon we got a lot out of the next morning we got a lot out of the next afternoon but i would say what we got the most out of was that you know that first afternoon wherever you first came on and you were first talking to us out of everything that we've talked about since then this is probably the one topic that we've really harped on as a board of directors for our corporation as to where to grow and how to grow and what we need to do to get there. And it was really, we we're really grateful that you were there to present that, number one. And number two, we we're grateful that you presented it in a way that came across to where we uh, we were on the same team, right? And, and like you weren't calling anybody out or you weren't telling anybody they did anything wrong but you gave us things to think about and ways to move forward. And that's the big thing that I think that everybody forgets. And, and these were their, like some of their exact words that came from them. And so 
I, I came from that and I said, okay, so I'm really good at this. How do I get even better? How, how do I help other people get really good at presenting? Because when you're a leader, you have to present. Like there's no way around it. If you're a leader in general, you have to be willing to stand up and, and take ownership and control of the room and present it. And so one of the, one of the things that I really uh, want to talk about is like learning how to read your audience. And, and you're not going to always know your audience. I've walked into rooms blank and I've had people who were every color, every race, every sex, every denomination, anything you can imagine all mixed up and jumbled in the same room. And not everybody's going to agree with my message. And like, I understand that. And I, I get that I'm never going to be the perfect presenter. Okay. So never shoot to be the perfect presenter either. But one of the things that I have realized is, is that I can watch people and I can read their body language and I can tell if they're tuned in or they're tuned out or they're thinking or they're contemplating or whether I need to ask a question or whether I need to get like some micro yeses to get them agreeing with me. Like there's a whole bunch of things that, that I look at when I'm in groups. And depending on the size of group you're with, it's really easy or really hard to read these. And so my first suggestion in this as we move forward for like how to present is, is don't get so caught up in your material. Don't fall in love with what you're teaching. Fall in love with the outcome, right? And what I mean by that is, is that if you're in love with what you're teaching, you don't really care about the outcome. All you care about is they hear your words and that you get to portray your point of view. But that shouldn't be why you do anything. That shouldn't be why you get up and lead a meeting. It shouldn't be why you lead a presentation. Your presentation should be to help them find an outcome and help them find it is the key word. Not to be like, hey, here's the outcome. Here's how you get to it. Here's your path from point A to point B, right? No, it should be, hey, here's this. Here's a whole bunch of ideas. How are you going to get from point A to point B? Now let's talk about it. And you help guide them along that path. Right, and what I mean by guiding is is a whole different story than just leading them on that path. Because as a leader, you are a guider, and if you're just giving somebody step by step directions to get there, they're not really learning how to do it. You're not really leading them. Then you're bossing them, right? And there's a difference between a boss and a leader. We've been through this. Okay, so the first thing is like learn how to read your group, and and like. <laughs> we have this wonderful thing in today's world that everybody else hates when they present, but I love it. Uh, cell phones and tablets and computers and laptops and technology and distractions. When somebody's distracted, they're not listening. They're scrolling through their tablet. They're, if you send them their pres- your presentation, they're five slides ahead of where you're at. If, uh, if you didn't send them their presentation, they're checking emails and going through that kind of stuff. They've got some other thing pulled up and they're more in tune with watching the snow fall than they are um, listening to you, right? They're more in tune with checking the weather or checking the news or, or checking their text messages or doing this or doing that. They're not actually listening to what you have to say. So they're not really being rude because they're in the room, but they're not actually listening to what you have to say. So when you start to see that, what I like to do is I like to pause for a second. If I start to see people glimmer over and I'm like, and then I, then I kind of refocus what I'm doing and I go, okay, so I can tell that this is super boring. All right. What do you guys want to learn? What do you want to get out of this? Where do you want to go with this? And then I kind of let them guide us for a couple of minutes. I get them re-engaged. And then after we get re-engaged with conversation, then I can take them and guide them down the path that we need to go along to get them where I need to go. But without that conversation, without that engagement, you've lost your audience. And once you lose your audience, you've lost everything, right? And, and, and that is really, really big. 
Now, the other thing is, is like, don't try to be outwittingly funny. And, and what I mean by that is, is you're not a stand-up comedian, right? And if you are a stand-up comedian, you're listening to this, then by God, all the power to you, shoot me an email. I'd love to see one of your bits because who knows, I might hire you to come into one of our presentations and do some stand-up for us. But more likely than not, if you're listening to this, you're not a stand-up comedian. Don't try to be one, all right? But when you drop jokes, when you're there, make sure they relate to your group. If you are in an extremely conservative group, do not dog on a conservative president. <laughs> if you're in an extremely liberal group, do not dog on a liberal regime. I mean, president, right? It doesn't, it doesn't really, like, you've got to learn to know your group a little bit. And you can tell by the way people are dressed and by the way they carry themselves and, and the way they act in the side conversations that happen before you ever get in the room is to whether they're conservative or liberal, whether they're independent or Republican, whether they're city or country, right? And, and I'm not telling you that you need to group people into just those categories, but you can tell your audience before you get there. If you look out into a sea of people wearing cowboy hats and button-up shirts, you're probably not going to have any luck if you go and dog on what President Trump did. It's not going to do you any good. Matter of fact, you're, they're going to roll their eyes, they're never going to look at you, and they're not going to trust anything you have to say. doesn't matter how good or valid your points are. Because for the most part, that group of, of uh, conservative agriculture people were behind President Trump, right? And so if you go in and you talk about how bad he did or how bit of a person he is, or you try to get your own agenda across as to, as to the fact that he's not a great businessman, if that's the way you feel, I don't feel that way, but if that's the way you feel, right, then, then you're going to fail because they're not going to hear anything else you have to say because you've already closed their ears, you just, you just as well to throw duct tape over your mouth because you just filled their ears with cotton and they're only going to pick up about every third word you say. So learning how to read who your crowd is and kind of what they are is going to be a big deal as, as well, right? And if I walk into a room full of, um, oh, just uh, for lack of better words, like uh, my grandpa would call them yuppies, but uh, uh, people with dreadlocks in their hair and LGBTQ and all that stuff and, and going through all that and, and, and they uh, live in a very liberal area and have very liberal mindsets, it's not going to do me any good to go in and try to get my agenda across on President Biden or Clinton or any of the other liberal presidents that we've had, right? Like, it's not going to do me any good to do that. I, I'm All I've done then is put cotton in their ears and they're not going to hear me either because they they don't, people don't want to hear your opinion most of the time, they want to hear the truth or they want you to agree with them or they want to agree with you. And so when you're a trainer and you're trying to get your point across when you're doing a presentation, you need to be able to read that group and read that crowd. It's going to make a huge difference as you go forward, right? And being able to relate to them. Now, I, I mentioned something just a little bit ago, and that's called micro yeses. And I want to talk a little bit about a micro yes, and I'm pretty sure I've done a podcast on this already. But a micro yes is when you get people to say yes. Right? They're nodding their head the whole time through the conversation, up and down. Okay, And the thing with a micro yes is this, is that if you get people to say yes throughout your thing, if you get them to agree with you throughout your presentation, when it comes to the end and you're trying to, get, you're trying to plant those seeds and you're trying to get them to do something outside of the comfort zone, outside of the norm, and you go, all right, are you willing to do this? They're going to go, yes, I am. And they're actually going to take your advice to heart because guess what? You have already got them to say yes 
all the way throughout your presentation. So they're ready to buy. You've set them up to buy. You've planted that seed to say yes. And it's funny as you sit there and you listen to it, you can tell the speakers that have the crowd. Because if you sit in the back, it's a sea of nodding heads as they shake their head yes. If you sit in the back and look at over the entire crowd, throughout the presentation, people will be nodding their head yes. And a lot of times they'll get them to say yes, right? Do you agree with me? Say yes. Yes. Right? Stuff like that. So those are micro yeses, and you definitely want to drop those micro yeses in there in your presentation, and that's a great way to get people involved. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about here is called engagement, and it doesn't matter whether it's a small group, a big group, or a large group, huge group, you have to have engagement, and there's different ways to get engagement. When you're in a small group, say 10 minus people, it's really easy to get engagement by coming and going, hey, what do you guys think about this? Let's hear your opinion. Let's go around the room and everybody tell us about what you're thinking, right? Let's, let's talk a little bit about this. Like, what do you think about this? Let's brainstorm some ideas. Let's pause. I'll take notes. Let's brainstorm, right? And then you start brainstorming. You have a brainstorm session right there. That's a great way to have that intimacy with them and to get them involved because then you're involved and you can help them. And so one of the things that we did was uh, we, we did a whole session on like goal setting. It was one of the things that we worked on through it. And it was awesome because as we were sitting there doing these this goal setting exercise, we just talked about goals and how to set like stretch goals. And I was like, okay, so what's your stretch goal? And they're like, well, we want to, one, one guy says, uh, I want to, I want to help this part of our business out. And I was like, all right, he, no, he said, I want to improve this part of our business. I want to change it. And I said, okay, well, I walk in there and I'm going to hang this tool up on the wall. I've just changed your business. I've improved it. I've made their life better. And he goes, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I was like, well, you weren't specific, but I did change it and I made it better. And so then we, we went through the whole goal setting thing, right? And we were able to play off of each other as a team. And in the end, we had created a new goal that was to not only like change that part of the business, but to spin it off and make it its own division slash branch with its own location that draws people in and is a service that benefits every part of it and ways to grow that and make that part of the business grow. And so... Once we got done with that exercise, because it was a small group, we were able to have that back and forth. We were able to have that intimate conversation, and they got that killer, killer goal to work forward to the end of it. Now, what would I do if that was a large group? Let's say that, so we, we had like 10 people in the room, okay? And then let's say that we had 25 to 50 people in the room. How would I do that with 25 to 50 people? Well, in all honesty, I would create two breakout sessions, two breakout groups within the room where they kind of did their own and I would bounce back and forth between the two of them. All right. Now, if you have a larger group than that, so you have a hundred people, I would do 10 groups and I would have people on your team who are trained bounce back and forth between two or three tables, kind of helping them work through it. Because without guidance, when you do those breakout sessions, you have to have a leader within those breakout sessions as well. And so it's very strategic part is to have a leader in there that's part of it, okay? That's part of your team that can help them help them make those decisions. So that's that's part of what I think about it, okay? And how to do it. Now, what if you have a super big group? How do you do it when you have a super big group? Let's say, you know, 500 plus people and you can't do breakout rooms. How do you do it? Well, so there's two ways to do it. One is is when you're when you're trying to get people involved and you're trying to get them connected, you say, "If you agree with this, say yes. Say aye." Do this. Tap your hand on your chest. Follow me. Do exactly what I say. Tap your hand on your chest and say, I am a dot doc. And show them exactly how to do it, right? And then they'll follow it and then do it with them. Okay. The other thing that I've seen, and this works crazy well, and I've been shocked at how well this works. Um, 
Tony Robbins does this at his events. He'll have 15,000 people in one room. Right. Crazy, right? I know. He'll have 15,000 people in one room, and he'll say, break off into groups of three and do this. And you're on your own. Go. And he'll set a timer, and he'll play music, and they'll do it. And he just sits on the stage, and he watches them. And he kind of throws in some few comments here and there, right? And then and then he does his thing. But he's trusting the people to do it. And what he's doing, he's saying, if you're going to play all in, you're going to get more out of this. If you don't, you won't. Your choice, I don't care. Those who win will win. Those who fail will fail. I can't help you what you're going to get out of this. It's all up to you. So for the giant groups, that works really well. Is That works really good as well. As you can go in and you can just say, hey, break into small groups of three, do this. Everybody's going to share. And then, you know, as you're going through it, you've got set for three minutes and you go, okay, next person's turn. And whether they're through or not, it really doesn't matter. And you just teach them how to do that as you go through your seminar. And they call those immersion events when you do that. But that's another great way in a really large group to get to get control of it and to get that intimacy and to get them involved, okay? Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is getting people to do what you want them to do. Now, you've got to kind of teach them how to do what you want them to do. And so if you're sitting there, you go, okay, I want you to look up at this screen. All right, now look back over here at me. All right, now stand up. Okay, raise your hands, clap them real big for this. We're going to give them a big old hoorah and a welcome to come on stage here. Okay, welcome this person on stage. All right, sit down, sit down, sit down. Okay, now stand up. Now clap your hands. Now, do you see what you're doing? You're getting them to follow you. You're getting them engaged with you, and you're creating that mental tie to you, whether you realize it or not. Now, if you're in a small, intimate meeting, you're not going to have any luck doing that, like stand up, sit down, move around. Okay, let's switch seats. Switch seats to the person next to you, right? You're not going to have that same level of intimacy is is in a giant group, and so that's not going to work for those small groups. It will work for medium-sized groups, right? 10 plus people, great. 20 plus people, even better. 500 to 5,000 to 15,000, phenomenal. Works great, okay? Uh, and that's how you kind of keep it interactive. The The next thing that I want to bring up is how to talk to people. Now, if you've noticed, there's a major difference in talking to people and talking at people. So when I talk at somebody, it's almost like you're scolding your kid, Right? And when you talk at somebody, you don't really care if they're listening or not. Well, by God, they better be listening. But you don't have the right attitude when you talk at somebody. Your attitude when you talk at them is, I know more than they know, and they need to listen to me because I am the almighty, all-knowing person, and nobody else is better than me. Do you buy that? Is that true? Yeah, it kind of is, right? Cops a lot of times talk at you. You know why I pulled you over? Well, yeah. But I'm not going to tell you, why the hell would I admit fault, right? No, right? And, and that's, what I, that's the way I think about it. A lot of times, a lot of teachers start talking at students. And it doesn't matter how old the teacher is or how old the students are. When they're trying to teach somebody, they talk at them instead of to them. Now, the best teachers talk to them and actually coach them through it. They're a guide. They're not a boss, right? They, they coach them through the process and they let them win and they let them fail and they let them succeed in the same terms. And then they acknowledge their succeeding and their accomplishments. So so when you talk to your people, you're going to talk with empathy. You're going to talk as if you're trying to guide them because you've already been where they're at and you're trying to get them up to your next level, right? You're trying to help them move to the next level. You're trying to help encourage them to think bigger. You're trying to help them to grow. You're trying to help them in ways that you never thought possible or they never thought possible. 
And so like when you listen to these podcasts, you're going to find that I don't talk at you. I talk to you because even though I'm talking into a microphone right now, I have a visualization of who I'm talking to in my mind. Like I can see them as I look around here and I can see exactly who I'm talking to. That's right. I can see you out there. I know who you are. Yep. And I know exactly what's going on. And I can see that we're having a conversation. And I also pause to allow people to answer back, right? Exactly. Just like that. I just got you to say, yep, you sure do. Just did it again, didn't I? See, there it is. So the point of talking to people is because when you talk to them, you have empathy with them. And empathy is different than sympathy. Okay, sympathy is when you feel bad for somebody. Empathy is when you can feel for them, not feel bad for them, but you feel for them. You feel what they're going through, all right? And so empathy is huge. Having empathy is very, very big whenever you're a speaker, very, very big when you're presenting, very, very big when you're in a group leading it. And uh, being able to understand where people are at and where they're coming from and where they're going is absolutely huge. And so that is how you interact with them is by talking to them, not at them. Right? Don't be the cop. Don't go up there and preach at them. Don't be the brimstone and fire person saying, you don't do this, you're all going to die. What a load of crap. Okay? <laughs> be, be real. And, and that takes us into our next one for presenting. When you're presenting, you have to be real. You have to be authentic. You have to be yourself. Okay? Don't try to be somebody you're not. If you go up there, and, and let's just say that I'm going to speak to a group of rodeo people and I get up there, and I've never worn a cowboy hat day before in my life. I've never worn button-up shirt. I've worn all this stuff, by the way. But I've never worn it a day before in my life. And I don't ever wear Western boots. And I've never worn jeans. And I'm up there with a pair of skin-tight jeans on and a button-up shirt that's 10 sizes too big and a cowboy hat that falls down over my ears because I just bought it yesterday. Or one, even better, here's a better visual image. One that's too small that sits right on top of my head like that monkey who plays the cymbals. You know how he's got that little hat on the top of his head that's super little? If I look like that whenever I get up there, are they going to think that I'm authentic? No, because it's not me, right? But if I show up there in cowboy boots and a button-up shirt and my ball cap, or no cap at all, and I get up there on stage and I chat, that's me, okay? Or if I show up in tennis shoes and a t-shirt and I get out front of a stage of 5,000 people, that's me. If I show up in board shorts carrying a surfboard and no shirt, that's not me, <laughs> right? Nobody wants to see Dan without a shirt on. Even my wife shuts the lights off at night. I'm kidding, kind of. Um, anyways, my point is, is you need to be authentic to yourself whenever you get up there. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be something you're not for the group. It won't do you any good. You're just going to lose. You're not going to win. They're not going to hear you because they're too busy looking at how funny you look and how it doesn't add up, right? And, and the last thing that I have to say is this, okay? Don't kill them with death by PowerPoint. It's okay to have a rehearsed show. It's okay to perfect stuff. It's okay to get better at it. But don't be afraid to fly by the seat of your pants. Here's the thing, is that I know guys that rehearse every word, and it's entirely scripted out. But it's not ever entirely scripted out. It's 90% scripted out. And it's 10% pleasure. Right? Well, it's actually 100% pleasure, but it's 10%, it's 10% riffraff talking without knowing what to say, right? Now, me, most of the time, I'm a little bit different. 
I'll be 100% honest with you. Whenever I get ready to do these podcasts, I have a little bit of an outline. My, my outline for this was notes that I took on how to build a course, on how to do training. And I thought, well, shoot, I'll do a podcast on it and get some of my thoughts together. <laughs> That's the way it usually works. So you guys get the raw, raw stuff. It's, ne- it's never super polished if you can't tell. Anyways, my, my point is, is like, you don't need everything scripted out. If you script it, it's going to sound unreal. Um, it's not going to sound authentic. It's not going to be you. I went to a church service one time and this lady did it. She is phenomenal. She's absolutely awesome. I actually asked her to send me the, uh, her, her outline after she got done. And I said, I want to post that as a devotional. I said, I'll write it and turn it into a devotional. She sent it to me and her, she was one of the only ones I could tell she was nervous, right? But she's one of the only ones that actually scripted it out and she did her message word for word verbatim. What was scripted out? She literally emailed me what she had typed out <laughs> for the devotional. And honest to God, all I got rid of was let's pray and let's start hymn number 1196. And now we're going to sing this hymn. <laughs> she had everything written out word for word for the whole thing, and it made her feel great. Me, I'm the exact opposite of that. And I think 99% of people are, are when they get stuff scripted, they don't, they're not present. They're just going through the script. So they're not there. Okay. Now I know I said that was my last thing, but I got one more thing to add. And, and that is, when you're yourself, don't get too excited and don't get too, uh, too caught up in being perfect and don't get too caught up in, in not using expression. I think a lot of times what gets me is the, is the misuse or the lack of use of expression. So many times I've had people do presentations. I actually did this one for this one group one time and it was funny. I, uh, I got up there and we were doing a presentation. I was supposed to be right after lunch. And uh, as soon as I got, we, we got up there and we stayed there the night before and I got up there and I started speaking. I, I didn't start speaking. I started listening to the other speakers saying hi and talking. I listened to the first person and they got up there and they talked like this and they did their PowerPoint and they read the slide and they had just a little bit of tone in their voice, but they did this for an hour all hour they didn't change much they literally read it slide by slide that's death by powerpoint my friends and then the next person got up there and they come in there and they got their presentation up there they read it word for word just like this and they went through it for an hour dear god i was about to go to sleep i looked over at my guy who was with me and i said hey sam Run to the store, buy all the candy bars. There's 50 people here. I need 50 candy bars. There was like one grocery store in this little town. And he's like, big ones? I said, yeah, take your company credit card. Take my truck. Here's the keys. I need 50 or 60 candy bars in order to get these guys awake. We need to give them some after lunch to wake them up because this is going to be dreadful if we don't. And so they, uh, they, he ran to the store and came back. And he got back just as they were finishing lunch. And oh man, they had one more presentation before me and uh, that guy got up there and he did his presentation just like this the whole time. The only difference is he had a little bit of a Western drawl as he talked, but it was the same. He was just nervous. He just wasn't really good at talking in front of people. 
And uh, <laughs> I got up there and I put my presentation on and I saw their eyes glaze over when they saw DOT. And I looked at them and I said, who here hates DOT crap? <laughs> and they all looked at me. They didn't know what to expect. And I said, well, I know it sucks. So I'm going to sweeten it up a little bit. Sam, let's hand out them presents we got for everybody. And Sam started running around handing out candy bars to every person on every table. And by the time I was talking while he was doing it, I said, just, just you on the other side of the room, they'll come. Don't stress. You're going to get this special gift from us to you because we've been sitting here in this meeting the same as you. And we're not complaining about anybody or anything because there's been some pretty awesome information. But by God, it's time for me to wake up because I got to drive home after this. <laughs> and so I talk with a lot of enthusiasm, right? And my voice is not ever the same. I talk with a lot of tempo in my voice. And I move my hands a lot and I move around and I just, I like to chat and I like to have conversation and it keeps you lively and it makes people watch you and they go, man, where's he go? What's he doing? That guy's all over the room. And they kind of watch you as you move, which makes a huge difference as you present. Now, if you're sitting in a board meeting with a bunch of board members and they're all sitting around a chair, it doesn't do you any good to stand up and talk like that. But you can talk with your voice, okay? Because the best storytellers use their voice to tell stories. They don't get in there and just talk like this throughout it. And trust me, if my podcast were like that, y'all wouldn't be here at 30 minutes into this hubbub right now. You'd be gone. You'd be like, this is junk. I'm not doing this. And so here's what I want you to do. Here's my call to action. Yeah, you know what a call to action is? It's when you ask somebody to do something. All right, so here's my call to action. My call to action is this, is you're all, everybody's listening to this, are, are ready to be a leader or already in a leadership role. The next time you lead a meeting, I want you to watch your group. I want you to make some, some small talk with them and have conversation with them. I want you to get them involved. I want you to get them and make it interactive. I want you to read your audience and I want you to talk with expression, okay? I don't want you to get up there and go, we're going to kill it this week and lie. I want you to go, okay, guys, how are we going to do it this week? Let's see. Here's what our goal is for this week. How are we going to get there? I want you to have that interaction. I want you to have that excitement in your voice. I want you to be excited as you talk in front of them because guess what? When you're excited, they're excited. And when they're excited, that's when you win. That's when they remember. That's what makes a presentation memorable is to be excited and to win. And so, guys, with that being said, I just want to hope that you guys got a lot out of this, number one. And number two, I want to encourage you to do one more thing for me other than having that meeting when you have it and doing a great job when you get out the chance to present. I want you to make me two promises. One is, you will never be the person who does death by PowerPoint again. Because we've all been there. I've been there. I know exactly what it's like to do death by PowerPoint because I've like I've committed suicide by PowerPoint, I'm pretty sure. Um, but my point is, is I don't want you to do that. I want you to be the person who never does death by PowerPoint. Again, make yourself a promise. It's okay to do PowerPoints, but very few words on your presentations on each slide, lots of pictures and make it fun. Okay. And number two is I want you to share this podcast with somebody else. Whether you tell them about it, whether you send it out to your entire team, whether you go, Oh, this is awesome. You're a presenter, you're in sales, you're a leader, you need to hear this one podcast. Whether you share it on social media. And what I want you to do is I want you to tag me when you share it. Because here's the thing, when you tag me, I'm going to give you some love. Because that's what I do. Because I love giving love back. So, here's what you're going to do. You're going to share it, you're going to tag me, and you're going to give a little comment on what you like on it. Okay? And then the third thing I'm going to ask you to do is this. I want you to rate our podcast. If you loved it, you think it's awesome, I want you to give us a five-star rating. 
And I want you to put it in there because that's how we get to the top and more people find us as more five-star ratings. So you guys, that's it. I hope you have a great day. We'll chat soon. Later.